looking beard There's nothing like a man with a good-looking beard and welcome to yet another iteration of Behind the Beard WNC. My name's Patrick Pohl. Joining me, as always, the famous and not-so-famous Lewis and Mike Anderson. Gentlemen, uh, last time we had Carson out. This time we've got a new player in town. It's the co-host of the live stream broadcast of AC Reynolds uh, football uh, program, and that's Chris St. Ange. And Chris is also a former Board president for AC Reynolds Boosters Club, among other things. Anything I'm missing out there, gentlemen? I heard he knows how to build houses. I don't know, though. I know how to help build houses. I don't know how to build houses. Chris is like a like a, a sports parent's dream, right? I mean, he had two very successful kids play sports. Uh, he also coached youth league for a number youth of years. Youth league for like 50 years. Didn't yep. he umpire with you too as well? He has umpired a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's an umpire. He was umpiring long before we were. Correct. All, all those things have uh, just made it possible to make many enemies in the Fairview area. <laughs> 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 so, Lewis, what have you been into lately? Uh, working, traveling a little bit, getting ready to travel again to Portland next week for work. Uh, went out to Arizona. Been grilling out a little bit. Been enjoying a week without the kids. That's been a good week. That's nice. That's nice. Pat, what have you been into? I just got back from Denver, Colorado from a business trip. I thought I smelled some skunkweed. Go ahead. Indeed, there was plenty of it. Saw Maverick at Red Rock Canyon uh, Amphitheater, which was quite amazing. And yes, there was the strong odor of the... Um, of the uh, yeah. When you, were, when you were flying in on your private jet, could you already smell it coming in? No, and no. I don't have a private jet. Okay. I, I flew in on American Airlines out of Charlotte. I even had to drive to Charlotte, if that makes you feel better. Nice. Nice. I did, I did a little uh, adult league umpiring, which I've never done. That was kind of nice. Uh, did they yell at you with that one, too? Or? No, there was no yelling at me at all. I think it's because, you know, I'm new. They didn't want to mess with the new guy. Uh-huh. Or maybe because there was no parents there. Right. No parents. That was a plus. Just did, a few girlfriends or wives. I'm, I wasn't sure which they were. but Do they drink beer at the adult league? Uh, I can't answer that for sure. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Okay. I'm part with Mr. Gary Jones, which is Carson's father. And he uh, he's everybody's friend, so everybody's kind of relaxed when you get there. So. Well, I think as soon as you meet him, you like him. Gary's a great guy. Yeah. Chris, you've met Gary. Yeah. Yeah, I've met Gary uh, many times. Uh, his Landon, one of his younger sons, was my younger son's age, and they played travel baseball together and stuff. So, yeah, many encounters with uh, with Gary Jones. So, just to introduce Chris, this is Chris Saint Ange. He uh, he he has been in the Reynolds area for a long time. Not originally. He's a, he's he's from up north. Some might say Yankee. Some call him a dang Yankee because yeah. they stay here. That's right, because they stay here. And but, he has he has a house in Canada as well as one here. <laughs> I'm not sure if retinal scans are involved in both locations, but I have been told. I think that that's it is illegal in select. Canada. So, Chris, I don't know if you know this. I've known you. I did the math this morning. I've known you for 30 years. Hold on a minute. You've done math. Is that where all the smoke's coming from? <laughs> yes. Yes. Chris and I have known each other for 30 years now. Um, he's been in the rentals community a long time. Done a lot of good things. Like you mentioned, he was the Booster Club president for like 10 years. Um, he did a lot of great things up there. Had two uh, young men go through the Reynolds program. One was a defensive player of the year, uh, walk-on at Carolina. The other was an outstanding quarterback, receiver, running back, DB. Did he play any other positions? Not that I'm aware of. He was the Swiss Army knife of Reynolds football. Um, 
And we just want to welcome Chris on the show. He's a friend of ours and a friend of the program. Although we just submitted, he didn't listen to our last episode yet. But last we, two we, episodes. Uh, we're not going to hold it against him. I've been busy, man. Clearly I was, not I was a fan. My, I was at my parents' house in Canada, not mm-hmm. my house in Canada. Well, we want to welcome you on the show, Chris. Yes, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Chris, your kids were excellent, excellent football players at Reynolds. So what are they doing now? Nate doing any coaching? Nate is um, a PE teacher, and I believe he's going to get into football coaching at a middle school in Lawrence, South Carolina. So uh, I think he's going to start there and, and work up towards towards the high school level. Uh, Justin is uh, a game warden uh, in the middle of the state, and uh, they're both getting married. Uh, Justin's getting married in October, and Nathan's getting married in uh, in March. How How is life without kids in the house? You guys don't know that, do you? No, no none, none of, of us do. It's it's different. It's uh, it's different, man. You get to reconnect, and um, you know, Amy and I. Uh, Wait, are you married? I am married. Just kidding. I am married since 1991. So what does that make? 30, 33 years, thirty-two years. I, so a long Amy's time. Amy's a saint. Just saying. Go ahead. She, she is, and she's got the last name to prove it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, no, man, you just learn to reconnect, and, uh, you know, we have a date night once a week, and, and we've got... Uh, but isn't ever not a date night? Uh, no, man, not the hours sometimes, man. You get home, Chris you is dedicated like, to work first. <laughs> work uh, first. Work, work is, is hectic right now, but uh, through the week, it's, it's a little bit rough. But uh, we, uh, we try to take a, a Saturday a month and, and do an do a out-of-town one-day kind of thing, and... Uh, but uh, it's definitely quiet, and uh, but but it's enjoyable too. But uh, you know, one's two forty-five, three hours away. The other one's an hour forty-five away. We went down last weekend, and and I helped Nate out with some things at his house and everything. So didn't you say you built a shed? We built a shed. Yeah, we built a shed and did some landscaping in Lawrence, South Carolina. Saturday it was like a hundred and two. It was Ooh, miserable. That's tough. Miserable. But man, nothing's better than. Um, watching your kids succeed and grow up and, and, and seeing the stuff that you tried to instill in them. And, uh, you know, both of them, as it relates back to this conversation in Reynolds High School, and I'm sure it goes the same for Inca or Irwin or McDowell or whatever, some of the things they learn playing sports and, and, um, and some of the disciplines and some of the uh, responsibilities and seeing that manifest into their adult lives is uh, pretty special. So a couple questions. Does uh, Justin still have that really cool mustache? Justin still does have a mustache um, working for the state as a game warden. He can't have a beard except in November, and I think they have to pay. What? Like, you can whatever. only have a beard so in November? You can only have no beard, no beard, no, or beard November or whatever it is. But No uh, shave November. No shave November. So uh, He said beard November. He, he does have a, a mustache, and uh, he does not shave in November, so he still does have it. How many years did you have just a mustache? Like 20? As long as I was at Chick-fil-A, I don't know. You know, we couldn't have a beer, but we could have a mustache. But as soon as I left there, man, it was like, I'm never shaving again. So That's the choice of every male who leaves there? I think so. It's obviously with you. And John Williamson and all those guys. Yeah, everybody. You know, does Corey Plemons, I think. Uh, he should have one if he doesn't. You know, Rocky, I don't know if he can grow one. He still works at Chick-fil-A. He works <laughs> yeah, at the right. He still works there, so he, he can't do it. What's it like as a parent? Your kids played in. Two state championship, am I right? Two state championship games. Each one played in a state championship game. That's got to be pretty cool. And, you know, most of us as parents will never see our kids playing a state championship game. You get to see it twice. 
You know, it was it was two of the most magical years of both my wife and my yeah of, of our lives. It was it was and, pretty cool watching Justin. You know, we're we're at the Cane Creek Field, which if you've ever been to a middle school football game, the Cane Creek Middle School football field is the worst it's rough. in the we county. We called it the cow pasture. It's, it's, it's a cow horrible. pasture. And you go from that to playing on a Saturday at NC State in a state championship game the next year was, was pretty special. I want to go ahead and interject here. Justin was one of the best defensive players I've ever seen play football. When you say putting your body on the line, uh, yeah. he, that's him. And it's not because he was the biggest kid on the field. Correct. Um Maybe you could share a little bit about Justin and how he played the game. And as a freshman, he went to the state – is it – that's right. Freshman, he went to the state championship game. Yeah, I was walking across the, the middle school parking lot, if, you know, where we practiced for the youth. And we had youth practice that night. And Shane – I look at my phone, and it's Shane Laws, and he calls me, and he's like, what you doing, Chris? And I was like, not much. What's up? He's like, man, I think we got a place for Justin on varsity. And I'm like, Shane, you're going to get him killed, man. I mean, he's like 5'9", 170 or something. He's like, trust me, man, I know what I'm doing. I was like, man, whatever. I think that was the last conversation I had with Shane. You know, I, I made it a point to not get involved as a parent in the decisions with my kid. Once once, once you're not coaching them, you got to let go, man. Correct. I mean, you can't interject yourself. You can't be Jerry Jones up in the press box, you know, coming down every weekend. As know, Booster Club president, Chris just sent checks his way. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. 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 But um, no, it was pretty. It was pretty cool with with Justin that year. And man, that team was just loaded. You are talking about Ben Council, who went, to, who went to Notre Dame, and and Jeffries, uh, Jeff uh, Wallace, and um, man, I'm going to forget a bunch of names here. Patrick Blaylock, and I mean, you got Presley, and you, you know, who, who's huge now, making tons of money on just the bar to, stool. Uh, on the bar stool, man, you got all kinds of talent there. That team was talented, and and was honestly expected to return the next year. And got knocked off, you know, and and, it, and didn't quite make it. But um, man, that was just a special year to go from middle school football to state championship game was was pretty darn cool. Not many parents get to experience that. Well, especially twice, especially you know, especially twice. And and Nate's year, man. Hang Nate, on, let's okay. Let's finish on Justin. Yep. So I just want to share, share a little Justin St. Ange story. The most spectacular performance I've ever seen from an individual player. We were at. Um, Oh, Chris, you're going to have to help me. Where did he play offense and defense? Indian Trail, Monroe. Oh, was that Sun Valley? Sun Valley. We're at Sun Valley. Yeah. And offensively, Reynolds not great. But defensively, they were special still. And they put Justin in to run the ball on offense. They basically snapped it to him. He either handed it off or ran it, and I think he ran it about 80% of the time. He's on the sideline throwing up. Correct. They finally took him off special teams. So he wasn't playing every play of the game. I want to say they ended up losing the game, but it was one of the most spectacular individual performances I've ever seen because at that point he was playing middle linebacker. He was playing quarterback slash running back. He was on the field a lot, and he gave everything he had that night. Well, just so you know, it was kind of a pregame ritual going all the way back to Cane Creek. He got nervous, man. He threw up before every game. So watching him throw up wasn't – wasn't um, anything unusual but uh yeah we did end up losing that game and uh but uh it, it was um I, I remember walking down after that game i think that's the one that knocked us out of the playoffs maybe a senior year i believe and um you know just giving him giving him a hug over the chain link fence and watching the tears in his eyes knowing that you know that that run was over because i tell you you know and i'm sure inca and Irwin and mcdowell and 
TC and all those guys, man, they've got special things going over there on in all their programs. But, um, you know, uh, Reynolds is a pretty special place to play football, and, and Coach Laws does a, an awesome job. And, and, you know, just giving your kid a hug, knowing that that phase of his life is over, that uh, and as much as they poured into it. And, and it, when you come up through the youth league, it ain't four years, man. It's like ten. You know, as you come up and you had great coaches, you know, uh, Tim Towery and and uh, Bill Britt and uh, uh, McLaughlin, M- Tim McLaughlin, which I don't think Tim ever coached Justin. Um, but uh, just just that pedigree of coaches down in the youth league up through the middle school and stuff. It um, it, it was uh, it was kind of gut wrenching knowing that that was that that was it. But the saving grace was. You know, we were still coaching Nate back behind, and we knew the journey wasn't over. So, I mean, that was kind of a saving grace when Justin left. And I think that's going to be tough for the other three of us sitting at the table. You know, Pat's going to experience that last high school football game this year, and it's two years away for Lewis and I for our – I have four years still. Well, you still got two for your oldest. That's correct. So, but just, you guys, But you guys might have four more years after that, you know? Uh, maybe. Maybe. So, for Justin – I mean, for Nathan – yeah, and just to, you know, Justin went on, uh, accepted a preferred walk-on at at uh, North Carolina. Probably could have gone to some smaller schools. And he definitely but, could have been a star of some smaller schools, right? Decides, you know, he's like, Dad, I went to I went to a state championship game, man. I mean, he he played back in the day when the Asheville Rental games games were like standing room only on the sidelines and everything. He's like, I don't want to go to Carson Newman or you know somewhere like that. You know, Mars Hill. He said. I, I'm going. I'm going for it all, or I ain't doing it at all. So he went. Ended up getting hurt. Man, he got hurt in practice going up against Eric Ebron. So a pretty good tight end <laughs> in the NFL. So um, you know, re-aggravated a hamstring. He didn't want to rehab, and, and ended up coming home. And you know, it, he's better off for it. He's in a great place now. And and um, you know, I don't care what people say, man. You got to have some of those intent. You got to have that size, man. You are you're just gonna get beat up and if he'd have stayed another three years man his body would have been sure even more broken i've never seen anybody play with more heart than justin st Ange, but unfortunately he got chris's size <laughs> he did get my size that is for sure yep so nate had a a little bit of a, a different experience starting quarterback on varsity for two years sophomore mm-hmm. junior no, sophomore. Just sophomore, he started at corner. They, they, uh, you know, he had a freshman freshman year. He played JV. He came up the more traditional route. So, so Nathan played with my oldest son Matthew, and uh, I'll never forget. As a freshman, we we're playing Shelby JV football. Nate pulls it on one of those read options and runs down the sideline. Outruns everybody down the sideline and uh of course chris was late much like pat <laughs> had to work man. <laughs> and uh shows up and he says did i miss anything well Nate just ran it 80 yards past the entire defense for a touchdown but other than that no you didn't miss anything um nate a very special player he played offense uh he and defense he played uh varsity quarterback he was an outstanding quarterback um alex flynn came along and kind of took his place in Nate's senior year and nate from what I understand, graciously uh, became a a Swiss Army knife. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little. Well, I, th- I think you know uh, Nate did start as a sophomore. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, as a sophomore started at cornerback. Um, we kind of had a, a void at quarterback, and Shane decided, hey, let's put Rico there. So I mean, you ain't going to start in front of Rico Dowdle, you know. So Rico goes in there, and 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 Nate's backing him up as Q, QB two, and and starting at the corner, and 
um, you know, has a, has a good year under the radar or whatever, but steps in as the starting quarterback as a junior and, man, had some great games, man. I mean, the Irwin game that we were down and came back, I think we scored 21 in the fourth quarter, and then we played them again in the first round of the playoffs and beat them like 63 to something. I mean, you know, we we had a good run, but the the Mountain Killers came up the mountain, and, and uh, I think we fell to Weddington that year. And then The last play of the game. Last play of the game. I, I believe Rico um, – Rico had a cramp and we were out of timeouts. So Rico was sitting on the sideline. So Nate goes in on fourth and as a goal, sophomore, as, is a, that right? so, as, as a, a sophomore, as a sophomore, fourth and goal from like the 12 and yeah, throws, you know, got, got some pressure and throws an incomplete pass. We lose that game has a great sophomore, a uh, great junior season at quarterback, man. We go and, and get beat. Um, and then, yeah, Alex comes in and, you know, Alex put in the work, man. Alex, Alex did uh, put in a lot of work and, and, um, you know, Shane was like, hey, we're going to be better with Alex, a quarterback. And if we line Nate up in some some other places, you know, the defense isn't going to know where he's lining up and, and we might be successful. And, you know, different than Justin's team where, man, we were loaded with talent. If you ask me, I honestly believe the, the 2017 state championship team that went, obviously we lost, but was was not as talented but man those kids played together since they were like five i mean that's the group that that we coached all the way up and you had and I, that's the argument against open enrollment yeah i mean <laughs> you know th- those are the kids i mean we had alex and we had nate and we had talon james and we had man i'm, I'm gonna leave out kids so i'm gonna stop there because i don't want to li- name too many and leave kids out but we had so many kids that came up through the youth league and everything that man, they didn't have to worry about they didn't have to worry about how to align and how to execute and and stuff they they they'd been doing that stuff man Nate had been pulling the football since he was 7 years old and 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 reading that backside end or whatever and uh you know we 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 got a little fortunate you know even Shane was on here a couple of weeks ago man you got to have some stuff that that goes your way and we did we had a fourth down play against uh what's the quarterback's name there for um, uh he played at Carolina Sam, uh, um, yeah, Sam Howell. Sam so Howell, Sam Howell's yeah. quarterback, and I can't remember the team name. Sun Valley. Sun Valley, and and man, it's like fourth and whatever, and you know everybody. Nate's great at all his offensive stuff, but Nate's playing corner out there, man, and and comes up and makes a makes a stick. And I honestly thought it was a first down. I ain't gonna lie. I think I, I think we got a really good spot, but uh, you know we turn the ball over and we get a little, we get a break there, and then we go to the state championship game. Everybody knows we get a touchdown call back uh, in the end zone. And, it was a terrible call. And, uh, you know, we, we come up a little short there. But uh, that man, I mean, when when there's that many teams in the state of North Carolina, anybody that says we expect to go there, unless you're a parent of a Shelby kid, um, you know, <laughs> he goes, every, <laughs> he goes year. every other year. So, I mean, it's it's not expected, and and it's special. And it's really special, and it's, uh, it's cherished for a lifetime. And I can't tell you how many times we're sitting around and things like that come up and we talk about it, and it's just cool. So how many years did you coach youth league the first time, or the first, with your kids? I came in and did two years while Justin was still in it before Nathan started. And then I took Nathan all the way up from Pups all the way up through Midgets. So I don't know, what, eight, seven, eight, nine, something like and, that. And then he made a comeback. So then Chris makes a comeback. Lewis and I had uh, young men in the youth league. I got to coach with Chris. Yeah, it was and Chris decided enjoyable. to come back for one last season. With Tim Towery. With Correct. Tim Towery. Yep. And uh, he took a team that, let's be honest. We shouldn't it, have been good. He didn't have a lot of talent. But 
Chris made it a very successful team. We no, to, Chris didn't make it a very successful yes, team. The coaching staff did. did, and the system, and the system. Oh, I would, I would get behind that. And and the system made it good because you know you've got to buy into the system that they're coaching at the at, at the high school. And you know, Mike, you know, on the sidelines, we had parents after that first game, we got blown out. Bob Brevard. Bob Brevard. We got blown out. Yep. We were we are out athleticismed. Let's be honest. I almost got in a fight in the sideline on the first practice. <laughs> big shock. Defending shock. Chris and Lewis. And yeah. and you know that parent comes over and he's like, "Man, we need to be in the eye. We need to be doing this. Our kids aren't smart." Let me tell you, parents, if you think your kids aren't smart enough at algebra or well, they're not doing algebra in elementary school, but if they're bringing home bad grades, man, we got out there and we were running. The, by the end of the season, we were running the same offense that Shane was running at the high school with signals on the sidelines, spread, and all this stuff. And man, they get it. And Henry, who's never been in this system whatsoever, he come up from West Henderson. Henry was awesome. Henry decided to be quarterback for us. He learned it in a year, and by the end, he was so efficient with it. Yeah, he could pull it, and no one would even know. He'd run for 20, 30 yards. And back then, he's probably 60 pounds. He could <laughs> and somehow about 410. Yeah, exactly. Somehow make it down the sideline. Yeah, but, you know, all that, all that being said, you know, regardless, you know, we had, we had good coaches that year. We had coaches that bought into the system. We had kids that bought into the system. We had to convince some of the parents at the beginning, <laughs> just bear with us. We, You know, my, my well, thing is that some of these parents, it's like, why put them in the eye? When they're going to be playing up here in the spread, what what school runs the I now or the wing T? Maybe Tuscola does, but there's very few. It's like, why teach them Spanish when they're going to be speaking English in three years? Correct. And, and, and you know, the parents kind of bought in and everything. And by the end of the year, I think we maxima- maximized our potential. For I would sure. agree. I would agree. <laughs> For sure, and that that was that was a fun that was a fun year. It was fun. Henry now at Christ School was the JV quarterback last year. Really, same pulling, and nobody knew it. And run, I don't think he's playing football this year. He's still only about sixty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I think all, he's going to stick. With all that things. to say is is you know I'm more of a football guy than I'm a basketball or baseball or wrestling or whatever. But man. Get behind your youth programs at whatever school you're at, because because if you get behind your youth programs and your kids are learning the nuts and bolts when they're younger, and they don't have to think when they're older, and they're just playing the game, they're going to be better for the, it. The important part is get your head coach behind the youth program. Absolutely, and so, get your head coach involved in your youth program. Correct. And and Shane was always more than willing to do whatever was necessary. To help not only the youth program but the middle school programs, you know, it was a little harder at Cane Creek because you know you had a little divide half there. Half and half, kind of. Thing. You kind of had half and half, but like the Kramer. Know, but when you know the 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 middle school team and everything, I mean, if you were six years old, you were playing the spread and and you were snapping the ball back to the quarterback and you were starting there, and you know it 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 only helps when you when you get up to that JV varsity level and your kids know how to backpedal and they know how to run a route they know how to read the backside d end or you know they know how to to rip and pull or whatever it is and you're teaching them the fundamentals it it definitely makes a difference lewis do you know how to rip and pull absolutely <laughs> just pat do you know how to rip and pull no why don't you show me mine <laughs> <laughs> i will agony. but it'll hurt big guy agony jeez you have a question to answer i have a question to answer in your high school tenure what was the defining music album of your high school tenure? Hmm. It has to be an album. It can't be a band. Correct. 
can't be. Van Halen won. Wow, Van Halen. Van that Halen, predates me. Van Halen won, I would say, and and I would accompany that with Van Halen 2 and Women and Children first and fair warning. Of course, my junior, senior year was 1984, but that was the pop radio kind of version. David Lee Roth was on his way out, so I much preferred the, the older older stuff. Uh, so that was quite... Uh, it wasn't in my 8-track, but it was in my cassette deck in my in my car driving to school every day. <laughs> Can you uh, take a minute and just tell us about your experiences to get into the compound here? My experience to get into the compound, well, yeah. Um, first, yeah, first, um, I think it started last week, a visit to the post office. You have to get this special uh, passport kind of thing to get into this neighborhood. And, uh, man, it cost me like 50 bucks. You guys are ridiculous. You know? And uh, then you get here and it's like, you have to make four phone calls to make sure you don't park somewhere you're not supposed to. And then, and then there was a butler that answered the door oh, and, and directed me down here. So it, uh, it's quite impressive, Pat. It's uh, it's truly a pleasure to be here. You all make my head hurt. <laughs> all of you. Um, and we don't normally talk about our kids, but I do want to congratulate Brendan Poole, which is, of course, Pat's son, on his offer to Wingate this week. Correct. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, that was, we're pretty uh, pretty on cloud nine about that. It must be a big deal. It made him late for, to drink. Oh, wait, he's always late. Never mind. Agony. <laughs> Have you ever been on time anywhere? Most of the time, yes. Just not with us. No, I don't respect you, so I don't show up late. No. Mm. Come on. I you do think, show up late. You think your time's more important than ours? Yes. Yeah, I do, actually. I do. It's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. That might be true. So we got a couple of uh, topics to talk about this week. Where do you want to start? I think we start with the transfer. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. So I don't know if uh, I don't have this confirmed. Well, I did confirm it through the Max Preps Asheville High roster for this year. Josh Ellis, who played uh, – as a sophomore, was a starting running back for McDowell High School last year. Has transferred to Asheville High. Got a few stats for Josh before we talk about him. Josh is a uh, 5'6", 146-pound running back, wide receiver DB. Uh, in 10 games, he had 195 carries for 1,426 yards. An average 7.3 yards a carry, 142 yards a game. He had nine touchdowns. Had five receptions for 48 yards and two touchdowns and was a kick returner for 242 yards. I did a little, I dug a little bit deeper. He also played a little defense. He had 44 solo tackles and 17 assisted tackles for 6.1 tackles a game and one interception. Against Reynolds, he had eight carries for 14 yards and one reception for one yard. Against McDowell, he had 13 carries, I'm, I'm sorry, against Asheville, he had 13 carries for 45 yards. So against the tougher teams he struggled, that might not all be on him. But uh, not big games against the two, big two in the MAC. Well, in all honesty, though, the Reynolds defense, I think, is unarguably at this point one of the better defenses in the state last year. Yeah, so what about him? Where's he going? Well, he'll be at Asheville High next year. Okay. Uh, we're doing some research on Asheville High. They have a couple running backs coming back that are pretty good. One, Chris coached. Uh, Rambo Williams. He's listed as a starting running back. He had 700 and something yards rushing last year. But, I mean, you bring in a guy that's, what did you say, average 7.5? 7.3 yards a carry. 7.3 yards a carry. That's an impressive average. 
But it seems like it was against the, the lesser teams. The, the average, I think, against Reynolds was, what, two yards a carry. Yeah, so, but a lot of that focuses in on maybe offensive line, getting overpowered, all this. When you're behind Asheville's offensive line, I think you even maybe even go further than that, maybe eight, nine yards a carry. Yeah, but do you think he walks in and becomes the starting running back over the, the, the other two guys that have been there? I think sharing the load is the way that system works over at Asheville. Bringing in fresh legs every other play, something like that. Uh, you got a couple guys that's capable of carrying the ball, and we've seen Rambo throughout the years. Very impressive running back as long as he holds on to the ball. <laughs> Very fast. Very. But you bring in someone else with fresh legs the next play, boom, right? Yeah. I, and this is my opinion. It's more of a loss for McDowell than a gain for Asheville High. 100%. I think, Mike, that there's probably a lot of people that don't even know he's transferring. Uh, I was reading an article on the Citizen Times yesterday well, we, that still has that still has him as their starting running back. I, I'm Indeed. glad that you said that because Mike and I have been talking about this. Uh, I, maybe the Citizen Times don't do great research. Because if, if you read all the other synopsis from the other teams, very vanilla what they're putting out there. I read the same article. They had the 4A, 3A teams in the area. And the one question, and the one A two A in private, and the one question, and some of these schools have brought some kids in. I mean, it's on Asheville High's Max Preps roster. It's not a secret. It's on uh, the message boards. And, and the Max Preps that's controlled through the coach, right? Right. They have to submit the roster. Once they're on that, they're at that school. Asheville says sometimes didn't even know that. It just seems that they don't bother to do much research. It seems like in years past it was pretty impressive, and I don't know if it's because of the. I guess they had it, a lot of cutbacks there. They did a lot of things, yeah. man. Back when Andrew Pearson was there, and he was yeah. in the press box every night. I mean, they did they did a great job, but I think the newspaper right. has suffered just a little bit, and and you know they don't have the resources. It's not like it's their fault or anything. And I'm sure they'll be up to speed when it, it's not really football season. We're kind of ahead of the curve here. Is it football season twelve months a year? I believe so, but. Uh, you know, anyway, I, I, I still think that um, losing Josh Ellis out there at McDowell is, is going to hurt that football team. They don't have a whole lot of resources, which I've never understood why. They're, the, they're, they're one high school team, in a, and they got the full county. But, they, but they've always struggled to put multiple kids on the field with, with great talent, and, and losing a kid like that is, is definitely not going to help them at all. They're, they're probably going to have the, the, a kid named Danny Brown. He's competing for starting quarterback. I watched him in baseball this year. I got to umpire some of his games. Very impressive athlete. But he's going to be a freshman. Probably starting quarterback for them this year. They need somebody like this kid with a little bit of experience back there to keep composure of the game. We all know how an, you know, an inexperienced freshman, it, it, a game can grow out of control. They need someone like that to say, hey, just settle down a little bit, right? Losing him, a tremendous athlete, Plus his experience in games, it's going to hurt them a lot. And I can't, I can't speak enough to, to McDowell because I don't know their program. But who knows, man? They may have, they may have a Josh Jacobs, a, a Saquon Barkley, or something <laughs> waiting in the wings. You know, that's going to step up. You well, know, you never know. We've watched, True. we've watched this team that's getting ready to come up. They do not, <laughs> <laughs> unless one's transferred in. That's correct. Um, who it, knows? You, maybe, maybe some nil money will come and. You know, they'll, they'll get somebody. And, and you know, Chris is right. I mean, that, that's one high school for the whole county. The, the biggest high school 
In Western North Carolina. This side of Charlotte, right? Yeah. Are they, are they bigger than the ones in Morganton, too? They are the one in Morganton? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I guess, yeah, Hickory is further out west, or f- further out east than that. That's what I'm talking about. They're the biggest Western North Carolina high school. Definitely, by far. They'll, they'll end up being 7A, low 7A, high 6A when we go to 7. Correct. And and they won't do well. No. No. You know, and I don't say that begrudgingly or, you know, anything, but they've, you know, for some reason they've just never had – They've never had a multitude of athletes that they could put on the field together that that could be successful. And maybe it's the demographics of the county. I'm not sure. But what? you just got to wonder, you know, who's who's making that car ride every morning, man? You know, from McDowell to Let's, Asheville High. <laughs> Let's hope they actually moved. Well, well, typically, <laughs> most of them work up this way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of. Not a lot going on. In I, I lived down there for three and a half, four years. We both worked up the mountain. So, does anybody know if they moved or if they they're a Schedule C? No, I have not. No, no idea. No, and idea. it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm, I'm sure Court's glad to have him. Oh yeah, you know, and and it, it's going to make Asheville High better. Sure, absolutely. But again, I think it hurts McDowell more than it helps Asheville. Hundred percent. Yep, I agree. And you're right with a freshman quarterback. I mean, that's that's tough. Uh, he's a tr- tremendous athlete. No matter what sport he's playing, he he's a game changer. Uh, I watched him pitch. I watched him play shortstop. Played a little bit second base. Played in the outfield. No matter where he's at, he's making a difference. But he needs somebody to rein him in when he gets when the game gets too big. And we all know people that's been in that situation. They need somebody to say, "Hey, settle down. It's just another down." Sure. And it may not come early in the season. It may be. Come Asheville Reynolds time, come Irwin time, although Irwin's lost their quarterback. Correct. Now, I got to watch Irwin play a little bit. I think they're, they're, they might be overhyped a little bit. You know, they lost their quarterback last year who was really good. Iggy Welsh, I think, I believe was his name. He played basketball as well. He graduated, so they're going to be rebuilding over there. And this is a great time to kind of mention, guys, next, next podcast. Well, the podcast after next is our football preview. We're going to talk about the conferences and what we think is going to happen in those. And then we got a coach coming up here too, don't we? So our next podcast is going to be uh, Coach Gibson. <laughs> he always has to say Coach Gibson. Over, so in, I the, can never over in the valley, yep. In the valley. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the other thing we'd like to kind of talk about is uh, here are some rumors of open enrollment statewide. And I just want to kind of take a minute and explain what open enrollment. Actually, Lewis, do you want to take a minute and explain what open enrollment is? Well, obviously we haven't seen the documents or anything posted, but open enrollment currently exists in Charlotte. Charlotte and I believe Greensboro. Right. So basically entering your freshman year, you can decide what school you want to go to. And that's any school in that county. Correct. Which, if they do it statewide, I guess you could choose any school in the state. Right. That'd be wow. a heck of a drive. But you only get one transfer. And after that, if you transfer without moving, then you have a year of in- ineligibility. But starting your freshman year, you get to choose one school to go to. So if you're a Buncombe County and you're like, hey, I'm a pretty good football player, you might choose Reynolds. Right. I want to go to Reynolds. I want to go to Asheville. If you're a great baseball player, you might choose TC. Correct. Or a wrestler, you're, you know, you're going to go to Inca. You're going to go to Inca. Inca, right. yeah. So what are your thoughts on the open enrollment? What are your thoughts on open enrollment, Pat? You start. I don't know. I don't know that I have any thoughts on open enrollment. Um, you know, it, I, I guess whatever, 
you know, the parents feel and the kids feel is a good fit for them. I think that that's should well, be their prerogative. Let's let's say this first. Currently, I mean, we have the DAR program, right? Right. Your kid can go to any school as long there's there's a few there's like five different reasons why you can say, hey, this kid needs to go here, or you can move anywhere you want to right now. That might be difficult in Asheville. Yeah, it's definitely, I can speak, it's definitely not a buyer's market. <laughs> no. Yeah. So you're talking about the DAR that you got to fill out. Correct. And the school you're coming from signs off on it, and the school you're going to signs off on it. So currently there is a little legislation you have to go through for your kid to go anywhere you want to. And either school can deny it. Is that right? That is correct. Any school can deny it. But with the open enrollment, the way it works in Charlotte, they cannot deny it. I know the three, three out of four of us in this room did the DAR. Pat's still doing it, obviously. I'm doing it because I actually live oh, in that's Reynolds. right. You moved to the Reynolds district. I'm, I moved, so there was no question they could go there, and now I chose not to go there. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Open enrollment? Good? Bad? Indifferent? Does it matter? What? Well, you know, when you get to be my age, as you always remind me. Says somebody over 50. Yeah. Chris is old. Go hey, ahead. So am I. Somewhere. You know, you, you tend to migrate to what's comfortable and what you know and, and everything. And, you know, it's like my first reaction is, no, I'm not for it. It's like kids grow up in a community and they've got friends and they play Little League here together and all that. And, and you know, you go to school and, and, and you're a member of your, your community and the culture and the tradition and your friends. And, you know, back when I was growing up, man, I would never have thought of picking up and going to play just ball somewhere else and leaving everything I grew up with behind. And to me, that's probably the one reason why I'm I'm not for it. So I'm 100% for it, being the youngest guy in the room. My kids' community is everyone in Buncombe County because everyone communicates on social media together. Well, I didn't have that back then. Correct. You know, and, and you know, that, that was foreign. You, you had your small circle of the friends in your block or, you know, what you could ride your bike to or something like that. And those are the kids you went played little league with every you know we didn't have we didn't have youth football when i was growing up we didn't have travel baseball or travel baseball so you know little league baseball was when i was growing up that was the big that was the big deal and and man you grew up with kids and you slept over at their houses and you know you ate dinner with them and your parents were friends and man you just you you just that was solid and and you didn't deviate from that and uh it's just not like that anymore it's like where can where can i get the most coaches to look at me is where I want to go to school now. That is correct. And also, I'm I'm for it because a kid that does excel at a certain sport isn't handcuffed to a certain school now if they pass this. If they're very good at wrestling, they don't have to stay at Asheville or Reynolds where they have eight, nine kids. They can go to Inca where they can really get some work in. See, I think they can get the work in anywhere, and if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Well, that's not that's that's incredibly not true. If, if you look at cert, I'm not going to say the school, but if you look at a certain school, they have eight nine wrestlers. It, say you're a heavyweight and they don't have anyone to wrestle against you. There's no way you're getting the work in there. Well, I guess maybe I was naive a little bit, and I'm thinking of the bigger sports and not the smaller sports. So maybe the smaller sports that does affect you, but. But, you know, Rico Dowdle went to went to Reynolds. He didn't have to transfer to Cry School to get somebody to look at him. He but was he was good enough, and, and they found him. But if Rico went to Owen, do you think he would want to transfer to Reynolds? 
I can't answer that. But he, uh, absolutely, you can't answer that for him. Riddle, you don't know what Reynolds is a football destination school, right? I mean, it is. So if you're so pitcher, you asked you asked me if I was for it or against it, and that's my opinion. And I and you're entitled to your opinion, and I'm entitled to mine. And and you're not going to talk me out of mine. Now I'll respect your decision, and I'll respect any parent that decides what's best for their kid if they want to take their kid out of the Reynolds district and drive them to Robertson. Now the the back half of that is what you said is that if they decide and they and they choose some kid chooses to go to Robertson to play baseball. Well. Little Johnny ain't quite good enough, and he's sitting the bench, and now Mama wants him to go to Inca where he's at least going to get on the field or, you know, Irwin or somewhere like and that. And Carson would coach him. That's and, a plus. And, now, and now what's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to have the same problem you got now. you got you got to prove that you're going to move, and you got to prove all this and prove all that, and you're still going to have stuff going on behind the scenes that you're going to have to police, and you're not you're – not, the, the only way that you're never going to have to police it is say, look – it's kind of like the the NCAA is now. It's like, well, if you don't like it at Irwin, well, guess what? You don't have to sit out a year. You can go to Asheville next year. And that's the only way you're ever going to get rid of all the politics and all the policing. Half of the – over half of the state championship TC kids did not start in TC district. I, I totally – I don't know that, but I totally don't dis- – I, I wouldn't through, disagree with that at all. Through the travel ball program, through Philippec, they chose to move into that district before their freshman year. Which currently, if we if we stay under the rules right now, currently, you can transfer to any school you want to before your freshman year, if you move there. If you move there, absolutely right. So you you can do that as of today, and over half of that baseball team chose to do that before their freshman year. So that was basically open enrollment for that program, but through that tra- travel ball league, he convinced them that hey, you need to do this. See, that's not open enrollment. That's doing what that's doing what you can do now. That you don't have to change any rules for those kids to do that. They can choose to move to any district before their freshman year now without any rule change. Exactly. So, you know, what we're talking about is a kid that doesn't move that lives in the Reynolds district that's on that travel ball team and wants to go play for Philippec and opts in to go to TC Robertson his freshman year and not move. Well, the key of this as far if they follow the Charlotte you know, the way it's set up, the structure of the Charlotte program, they have to choose by their freshman year. Right. So, really, the open enrollment doesn't affect much, except the DAR program doesn't exist, and people can know, cannot get denied. Because currently, I, I know a kid right now that has got denied to other programs because a certain school did not want to see them leave. And that's only because he was an athlete, that would have provided a benefit to that school. Absolutely. If, if he would have been Joe Schmo, under the radar kid, both principals would have signed. That's because correct. I know when my kids are in school, I, I know one specific instance I'm not even going to say, but one principal didn't sign off because the kid excelled in middle school and they and they didn't fly under the radar. They knew they were a great athlete and they didn't want to release them. And, and they were stuck at the school that they were in the district of because the one principal, the principal obviously of the school, it was Reynolds that wanted them to come signed. And the other principal that didn't want to let them go, you know, they're like, no, we want that athlete here. Mike, we haven't heard from you yet. Where, where do you stand on this? So I, I want to share a couple things. I talked to a uh, former assistant football coach in the area, and I just asked him. He's a fan of the show. Uh, he has experience in athletics in Buncombe County, obviously. I said, are you for or against open enrollment? He said, I'm going to say I'm against it. He's a younger guy. He's more Lewis's age than Chris's. 
And he said, uh, yeah, I want uniformity. I think high school sports are better when when members of a community grow up playing together. And I think that's what Chris said. And reap the benefits of their hard work that they put in with one another. While successful programs are go- always going to attract transfers, those transfers need to be legitimate where a family has made the decision to move into that district and become a part of the community. That, and that, that just kind of reiterates what, what I was saying. And and the other part of it is reason that I don't agree with it. It makes it's it's like it makes the rich richer and the poor poor. And you know, it's it's gonna take all right, if you want to do the football, all those kids are gonna go to Reynolds, say Lewis, like you said, it's a football school. So what's it gonna do? It's gonna make Reynolds football even better. And it's going to make that conference and the gates and everything else absolutely stink because Reynolds is going to beat the crud out of everybody else so, in the conference. So do you think if that's if this happens, Reynolds can finally compete with you know down east schools? Maybe, but you know what? Winning a state championship is great, but there's nothing better than seeing the stands full in the conference every Friday night and every and the competition in the conference being better. And I think if you take we, we just talked about the kid going from McDowell to, to you know, it's going to make them worse and it's going to make Asheville better. Well, if you multiply that times 100, it's going to make Asheville and Reynolds. You're going you're to have a one-game MAC playoff for the conference every year because everybody that wants to play football, you know, and the same. If you go to wrestling, you're, you're going to go to Inca, and Inca's going to kick the crap out of everybody else in the conference. And and I So, so attendance for all the other games dropped because we, we yeah. all know – if you go to a Reynolds Inca game, there's nobody there. Well, it depends. If you're yeah. at Reynolds, the Reynolds side's full. Yeah, and if you but go at the Inca games, the Inca side's always full. Inca always shows yeah, up for their they, team. Even yeah. as someone and, that went and they to got Reynolds, a great band. Chris, yeah. <laughs> Chris, even as someone that went to Reynolds, when the Inca game rolled around, I was like, eh, I don't care if I go or not because we're going to win by sixty. Right. So the stands are not full on the Reynolds side. You know what I'm saying for that game. Not as full as they could be when you have that great competition from an Asheville or a Shelby. Yeah, you go to an Asheville Reynolds game, both sides are completely packed. There, There is sheriff's department all over the field. <laughs> there's like 12 of those guys there, right? Because there's there's probably, what, six, six 7,000 people there. Yeah. You go to a Reynolds Inca game, there's 900 people there. There's nobody. I agree. I think I am for open enrollment. I think it's you got to do what you think is best for your kid. And if that is, I want to send my kid to Inca to wrestle, then I think that's okay. I think Lewis mentioned this off air earlier this week. You know, it, it gives the schools less control over the kids. Hundred percent. I'll, I'll tell you my experience right now. Uh, I'm a I'm a second year DAR parent going to Owen from Reynolds. When I went to fill out my paperwork this year. I said, hey, I, you know, I need this DAR paperwork filled out. The, the front office lady, whoever she is, God bless her, she said, yeah, I'm, I work, where are you transferring from? I said, no, 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 I, don't, I think you got the wrong impression. We are transferring from here. And she was so taken back because she's not used to people transferring from here. So that, that amount of control right there, and it took them like uh, over a month to fill this paperwork out. That amount of control to release my kid is is ridiculous. You guys talk about the schools controlling the kids. 100%. So you don't think the parents control the kids based on where they decide to move? To me, that's... No, no, no. no. That's where the control comes. You decide to move into a certain district, 
and you're controlling where your kids goes. So to say the schools are controlling the kids, the schools are just absorbing the kids from the parents that decide to move into their district. So the schools do not control the kids. The parents control the kids and decide where those kids get enrolled. You know, back in the day, you didn't have a choice because there were such things as school buses. School buses still exist, just saying But nobody rides them because parents have to take their kids to school. So back in the day, you know, you moved into a school district and mom and dad were working and had to be at work. And you put your kids on the school bus and they got bused to the school that they went to. Mom and dad didn't have time to get up or whatever and drive a Reynolds kid to Irwin or a McDowell kid, heaven for you know, up to Inca, you know, to to go to school. So, you know, in my opinion, you guys saying that schools control kids, parents, you got even this new rule, you can move wherever you want to and your kids can go to school wherever they want to as a freshman, even if this rule doesn't exist. Yes, the DA with the DAR system. I'm, I mean, there's not a lot of difference, in my opinion, other than the schools have to sign off. And you mentioned a, a, a instance where schools wouldn't sign off. You mentioned an instance where schools wouldn't sign off. I had issues trying to get them to sign off on my kid at uh, Owen. Um, I mean, it does exist where they try to control them, whether you think so or not. They do. They control them how. They they can they cannot they can choose not to sign off or or because you chose to move there. Or, listen or so if you wanted to kid your kid to minute, go to Chris. another if you See, wanted you're to starting your northern stuff right here. <laughs> hey, Don't and, try I'm to an, and I'm entitled. <laughs> so, but if you wanted your kid to go to that school, move to the other district in the first place. Yes, schools do try to control who goes there and who leaves there after they've already established themselves there. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what and, I'm saying, and that's what we're talking about. If open enrollment existed, it, your ninth grade year, you could say, hey, I want to go here. I don't care where this is. I want to go anywhere I want to other than here. And they had no control over it. But currently, they have control. Not if the parents move, though, right? If they want to move. But who, who that's can... That's an expensive proposition. Who can it move? Is, other than is. Pat Pohl, who can move? <laughs> Pat has a house in every school district that's in the correct. area. That's inaccurate. Hey, the, I'll admit, there are... Some pros to allowing that. But if you had to ask me to check a box, do I like it or not, which is the question that was posed to me, I would say I don't. And that's okay. That, that, is, that, okay. that, that is okay. It's you, okay. You would not move your kids. As Nightbird, as Nightbird said, it's okay. Yeah. What is Nightbird? <laughs> yeah, I don't have a She clue was on America's Night. Got Talent. She, uh, anyway, Google, Google it. Google Nightbird and, and maybe you'll be inspired. Let's segue to the next topic of choice. So, Pat, you never said if you were for or against. I did. I said at the beginning, I think it's up, you know, whatever works for the parents, whatever makes, you know, That's sense. That's a 50-50 option. You Pat, need to go ahead and say what you're for. I'm going to say Pat is for it because he moved his kid out of district. My reasoning is... All three is con- of you are for it because all three of you <laughs> defected. And Lewis even did it twice. Twice. Twice, yes. He moved to the school district and then sent his kid to the other district. That's, That's the so, craziest so thing So here, here's my biggest thing is if I had to say one closing statement on this, is the kid making decision or is the parent making the decision? In my case, and it was the long, kid. As long as the kid is making the decision, and the parents aren't living their dream through the kid, I'd be more for it, but I'm still against it. <laughs> I'd be, that's, that's great. I'd be more for it, but still against but it. But still Jeez. against it. Oh, man. Let's just arm wrestle and get this over with. Right? right? Oh, then I lose. How old are you? 
37. Yeah, so you got 20, I got 20 years on you, so, yeah, that ain't... When work. you were talking about your graduating year, I was not born yet. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's good here. It's only yeah. as old as you feel. I don't, I don't feel as old as I am, so I'm good. All right, let's talk about uh, something a little bit more fun, gentlemen, shall we? We have a, quite an age disparity at this table. Yeah, Lewis is like 25. 12. Carson is 12, who's not here today. <laughs> And then you and Chris are like 72. Yeah, we're old. So when you were growing up, was it video games or was it pinball? Let's start with Chris on that one. Man, when we were... So growing up, what are you talking about? Like elementary school? Elementary school and high school, middle school. And there were no video games. For you. They didn't even have Pong and Atari. So we had... All they had had was snow and they had to walk both ways uphill. So I I did grow up in upstate New York in, in in the snow belt on Lake Ontario, man. We'd get... I mean, I'm not joking. We get feet overnight, and we go to school the next day. But uh, when I was younger, no, man, it was your parents would kick you outside. And, you didn't go to the arcade or anything? Man, there was no arcade. There was there wasn't a video game. Uh, there was Did like have electricity? Mono- Monopoly, and you know, you had Sorry, and Don't Break the Ice, and whatever. I played some Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Clue? Did you play Clue? Played Clue, and yeah. you know, you go outside and play. And then you know, I think as I got into middle school, we had Sears. Sears came out with Pong. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you either got it through the little slot or you bat it back and forth or whatever. I think we definitely got, uh, we got in television. Um, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Toleco Vision? In television. In I don't television? know if it was from Toleco or something. I mean, I we, we didn't get, I, I didn't know Nintendo until, man, I was in college. college I yeah. think I was in college Jeez. when we got Nintendo. These are so old. That's my first system. <laughs> um, you know, Mario Brothers, I, I, I think I was called, actually out of college. It, we're in the South. It's called Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. Or <laughs> um, Appalachian. Mario? Mario, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, no, it was it was, it was outside on the bikes and, and playing in the dirt with your matchbox cars. And, man, it, it was stuff like that, man. I mean, there wasn't nothing to do inside when I was a kid. It, it was outside or you were bored. So when I was a kid, we definitely had the out the in the street uh, basketball goal, and uh, Lewis still lives in that neighborhood today. We played a lot of outside basketball, but when we went inside, we played uh, we played the Atari. Yeah, we played some Pac Man. We played some Pong. We had a couple different games. None of them were any good if you compared them to today's. But we played a little Nintendo as we got older. Uh, Sega, uh, NBA Jam. He's on fire. Um, but no pinball. We didn't play a lot of pinball. Uh, Lewis, what about you? Uh, so I grew up playing a lot of pinball. Uh, my dad took me to a lot of bars and stuff. So I, I did play a lot of pinball, but... Lewis has been drinking since six. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I did play a healthy amount of pinball. I have appreciation for that. I love the pinball arcade downtown. But one of my favorite stories is talking to my parents in from dial-up to DSL so I could play Halo online. Oh, man. Right? Uh, I, I would definitely say video games over pinball. Just because of the online aspect and playing with other people. Pat, just before he gets started, he's a pinball Hall of Famer. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, I have a pinball story that's a pretty good one. He has, he has seven pinball machines in this compound here. I do not. I have and, a single uh, pinball machine. He makes us play a couple games before we start. That's Go ahead, correct. Pat. Not true at all. First of all, before I get into my pinball story, because I am a pinball guy, um, did you all, 
you and maybe you you probably didn't have this but you remember you're that pointing at people you should probably name <laughs> their sorry, names you're right we don't have video yet yeah so chris and mike <laughs> you you and maybe you but not you but perhaps you and you so, so chris and mike might have had this i don't think lewis would have but do you remember when the video games started coming and you had the asteroids and the space invaders Bull crap! i played those well i know but this is before walk with me here a minute you remember when the uh, technology was upgrading with these games as they would start coming out into the arcades, and they had that game that came out that was like um, the Dragons Dragon Lair. Quest, Dragons Lair. That was what it was. Was the first thing on Patton Avenue at Putt Putt in yeah. Asheville. You know, you go and Dragons Lair was the first like it was like 3D video kind yeah. of video thing that wasn't like you know Old Space people. Invaders, yeah. Space Invaders, or like Defender. Or Pac-Man or something. Yeah, Dragon's Lair. Do you and, remember it? And you Do had you the, guys you had use the your walker that to get going there? through. Yeah. And you yeah. had to make your choice right at the right time yeah. to advance the story. That was yeah. cool. So yeah. when my mom used to go shopping at Ingalls there next to Sky City on Tonal Road, they used to have a Galaga game that I yes. played a lot of Galaga. Galaga yeah. And you tried great. to get the Bomb. extra shooter and you yes. could shoot. But I don't remember any Dragon's Does Lair. anyone remember the arcade that was in the mall? Yeah. Take I mean, 10. Yeah. Chris worked at the mall for like I worked 50 at the years. mall, man. It was upstairs up the escalator at the Asheville Mall before they ripped the back of the mall oh, off. There. The one I'm thinking about was where, like, uh, yeah, you weren't born probably. Right take beside J.C. Penney's. <laughs> right beside J.C. Penney's was the arcade where we, we all went to. In Asheville? Where yes. they had Dance Dance USA. Right now it's like a, a uh, massage. I don't remember thing. that. Before my time, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Nope. After, after, it's I after, after your my time. time. It's after, after time. your time, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't move here to Asheville until 2013. So, and then he's getting ready to leave in a year. So, mm-hmm. just everybody heads up. Pat's leaving in a year. Go Not ahead. true. We don't know any of these things. Agony. But anyway, pinball. So, uh, my logic is, I had access to both. But pinball, if you did well enough, you got free games. That's correct. That was my angle. Yeah. So I got very, very good at pinball as a kid. Played a lot and um, did very well. And then I. Um, I didn't play, you know, for many years through college and stuff. I was, you know, whatever. But Mary and I, before the kids came, took a trip down to uh, Pensacola, Florida. I love Pensacola. And uh, we took a I vacation down there with my folks. And it was a good good trip. But we, Mary and I went out to a, uh, a watering hole that night. And Wait, they, who's Mary? My, my wife. And what's a watering hole? That would be a bar, tavern, slice, slice environment. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Pat. No, I'm sorry. That's here. Yeah. At Pat's house. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, they had a pinball machine in there, and I thought, oh, well, let's, let's just throw a quarter in the sand I played in a while. That's when I played as a kid, but I started slaying this game on one quarter. And, I mean, I was just absolutely the be- best pinball game I've ever played in my life. It was ridiculously good. Racking up all the free games, right? So we're coming up on the high score. Mary's now bored to tears because <laughs> she's been ready to leave for like sound. an hour. Yeah, she's like, whatever. But then people started coming around and watching, and then the bartender came over and was very interested and started talking to Mary because apparently there's a patron that went into this bar every day, and he was the one that was responsible for setting that high score years ago. And he would always come in every day and brag about his high score and say, No one will ever beat that high score, and if they do, I'll buy him a keg. And so when it got close, the bartender's attention got involved and went over and talked to Mary and he told her that story. Not only did I beat the high score, but I tripled it on one one game. It was How ridiculous. long did it take you? I was probably playing that game for about two hours. Did oh, you geez. get your cake? I, the guy did show up that night and everybody in the bar wore him out the minute he walked in. 
and just let him know about it. And he came in all happy and smiling, and everybody blew him up because I was still playing the game. Was his name Norm? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) apparently he was just absolutely deflated when he saw what was going on. And he's uh, getting ready to pony up for the whole keg, and I let him off the hook. I said, dude, you don't have to buy me a whole keg. I'm just a tourist in town, but you can buy me a beer if you want. So this dude that's dedicated his life to this game, you yeah, killed him. I did. I basically took a soul. <laughs> Do you still have it in a jar somewhere? It's somewhere, yeah, along with several others. You know. <laughs> Do you think he's still there trying to like beat your high score? Uh, I'm sure he is because he was probably. You should have told me I was in Pensacola. I would have checked to see if you still had the high yeah. score. I couldn't even tell you the name of the bar now. It's been geez, thirty years. That's anyway, that's I'm my pinball Chris, story. Thirty years. Yeah. Also on the good news realm, because we talked a minute earlier about Brendan getting that offer to Wingate. Is it Wingate or Wingate? Wingate. We like to call it Wingate. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. It's Wingate. Hey, man, there's been some great uh, – Andrew McKay was a, a baseball player at AC Reynolds and, and went there, and they won a division – that's Division Three, Division right? Two Or Division Two. They won a, 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 a national championship. John, Johnny two, McKay, two long Johnny time McKay, AC yeah. Reynolds Booster Club member. You know Johnny McKay. Yeah, he yeah. said he'd be happy to talk to me about it, which I'm excited to. So, but yeah. um, he was. And Brendan's not the only one on that Reynolds squad that's gotten some attention. I know uh, Brandon Guest also on the same day as Brendan got a nod to go to Wingate as well. I nice. Think I expect some more offers for both Brendan and Brandon. That would be that would be awesome. We'll see. I'm, he's blessed to get whatever he gets. That's for sure. He certainly worked hard for it. Uh, I mentioned to you guys on the text thread. I'll mention it now. Uh, Christ School did all add a six-five, two-seventy-five pound lineman to their uh, uh, arsenal. So we'll see how that works out. He came over from Tennessee or something, didn't he? Dobbins Bennett, who Asheville High plays. So I just want to let Coach Radford know he's welcome. We took their best lineman. <laughs> Uh, you know, also, uh, we picked, got a quarterback from the Piedmont, South Carolina area. This is not a lie. I'll just share this real quick. We had a quarterback come in from West North Carolina, going to be a senior, could have reclassed to a junior, uh, practiced, worked out with the team and said, I don't think I'm going to start over this freshman from Piedmont and went back to his Western North Carolina high school. So, Which, looking at the freshman from that day we were there, very impressive. He's an elite quarterback. We'll see. As a fre- he's still a freshman. A freshman right. is still a freshman. It'll right. be his second year as a freshman, but he's still a freshman. So we'll see. Indeed. It's getting down to it, gentlemen. We're almost there. Guys, it's almost football season. I We've been talking about wait. football season forever. It's mm-hmm. almost time. Man, I'm excited. This is kind of like the dead time, man. It it's is. It's like there's just it's nothing terrible. going on. It's you terrible. Know. You know, you got everybody practicing. Kinda, yeah, you got to endure like, and the, and the last taste is like TC winning a state championship in baseball. Ended, yeah, in baseball, and you're just like ready to get to football. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen when TC wins the conference in football? Ooh, Ooh. they did that one year. Everybody's talking like about how TC is going to improve this year. What happens yeah, if t- they win the conference? They're not going to be that good. Oh, you don't know. They're not going to beat Asheville and Reynolds. You don't know. I do know. No, maybe not. Unless there's 18 injuries. You don't know. I do know. That everyone – Coach Law has talked about it. Right. Coach Ratchford talked yep. about it. TC is improving. Yep. And you know what? I'm excited because, you know – A like, better conference. It's exactly why we're not against – Open enrollment. Mm. Thank you, Mike. Because, you know, when the conference does better and there's more kids that make the conference better, man, we get excited about what happens around here, and and that's what matters. 
Chris, would you like to take a minute and explain the difference between being good and being around here good? Uh, because not- Chris has this <laughs> Chris has this comment. He likes to say, we're around here good. What's the difference between being around here good and being real good? Man, you're putting me on the spot. Indeed. Bus. Um, it is a term I use. Um, having two kids that have come through and, and watching tons of other kids that come through and 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 man you're putting me on the spot just do it um, what, are you, what are we waiting so, on here, Chris? so you know there's there's around here good and there's good and you talk about the rico dowdles you talk about the jeffrey pagans um who started at reynolds and went to Asheville, and then uh, i believe With went to alabama alabama, yeah. alabama and got drafted by the uh texans I believe they're out of Houston. Yeah. Out of Houston and stuff. So, you know, there, there's good and there's around here. Good. And you talk about the caliber of athlete that you've got to be to succeed at a, at a, at a, at a power five school. And man, you've got to be a freak. And, and I'm using, absolutely. And I'm using that. That's a term that, that Shane law has used around. I mean, Rico Daddle was a once in a lifetime talent. Was it, was a freak. And, um, and uh, you know Shane will tell stories about going down like but South Carolina. What was it? Uh, Hayden Hurst. Didn't you know, Rico lose to Owen? Come on, we're like his freshman year. He still is did. When, is that when Jagger was there? That's exactly. That's right. when Jagger was there. Who Jagger? I'm just saying they Jagger did lose. was a great player, and, and they went did on. lose to Owen. Yeah, and Jagger went to not Liberty. Where did Jagger? Temple. Uh, Temple. Temple. Yeah. And and you know Jagger was a great player, and Rails did lose to them. Yep. Um, Enrico was starting a quarterback then. Yeah, and um, and then then Owen decided they didn't want to play Reynolds okay, anymore. Okay, settle down. But you know there there is Mike. I mean, if you're gonna put me on the spot, there's round here good, and then there is good. And and Rico was good, but you know even Rico went up to a camp at Notre Dame, and Shane went with him. And you know Shane comes back, and he's like, man, you know, Rico was just another kind of. Another guy up there, you know, it's like when you get out of Western North Carolina and you get down into Florida and you get into Texas and you get into California and, and you think that, you know, you're all that there, there's a hundred more of you and, and you've got to be better than around here. Good. My kids, you, you talked about my kids, my kids were around they were here. Excellent high school, they, but they were around here. Good. And, and well, so, so the, there is that argument. You're the superstar, whatever High school you go to, you go to college. Everyone's the same. Everyone's the same, and and you know you've got to be a freak, and and that's why I'm an advocate. And I think Pat, you and I have even had this conversation. It's like, you know, hey, my kid wants to play ball. I believe if your kid wants to play whatever sport it is, he can go play that sport at the collegiate level mm-hmm. if he's willing to pay the price. And that might be paying to play. Right. That might be going and, and being a, a walk-on and saying, hey, I want to pay my full tuition, but I want to be a part of this program. To, there, and there's nothing wrong with and that. And there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're at a school where you can get your degree of what you're going to do after that. Correct. Amen. And, and you know, you've, you've got to look at um, what, do I want, what do I want to do after wrestling, baseball, football, basketball, tennis, cross-country, or Softball. whatever. Softball. Softball, baseball. baseball, whatever. What do I want to do after Fencing, that? Wrestling. And it's like to me, it's like if I was gonna if I was gonna mentor my children, I was gonna say, All right, if you wanna go to this school, is it gonna provide you the education to do X when you're done playing your sport? And if you can play your sport while you're there, awesome. But you know, if you're gonna go to this school 
to just play this sport and you're going to graduate and you're starting from ground zero because there's no path to professional to earn an income after that, then you better go to a school where you can get your education and and you can have a degree that's going to f- to, to get you into a career path Correct. and enjoy the college athletic experience while you're there. Amen. I agree. Very, very few, very few people do the sport professionally. Very few. But every one of us have to lead a household after this, right? Indeed. So we better be prepared for this. And that's where we talked to Coach Radford, and he's talking about Dude, teaching the po- these young men how to be leaders, not only in the football field, but of their household. Well, well, one thing I didn't think about from that interview, most of those kids don't leave Asheville. But he's arranging trips for them to go different places, see different events happen, experience a different place. If you haven't listened to the Coach Radford interview, I'm going to recommend you do. He, Correct. He's he's kind of that more of a new school type coach. I'm not down on anybody or saying anything negative, but he's kind of a new school coach, younger guy. And he's doing some different things. And just to talk to Coach Radford was a, was a great experience. Chris, I know you haven't listened. To, I recommend you do. I will, and you know, I don't, I don't know Court real well, but I tremendous. Know his, guy. I know his dad, and I know his granddad, and you know, was uh, it his da- his granddad was the concession stand guy at Reynolds, right? Yes, and uh, the concession stand's actually actually named after yes after him, and uh, awesome family. Um, that that man got a an awesome upbringing, and I, I believe he was you know he was raised exceptionally well. And, you know, anything I, – I, I don't have a lot to do with court, but anything that um, that he would have to say, I, I would probably have to buy into just because I know of the pedigree that, that he came from. Well, I'll say this. Uh, going into the interview, I was not excited at all because, you know, being at Reynolds a few years, I did not like Asheville. After the interview, I think Mike and I both talked like I would love for my kids to play for him. Indeed. And, and, you know, he shared some challenges and some things, workarounds. I mean, he seemed like a great young man. Absolutely. Reynolds guy, you know, worked some other places. Pat's waving his clock, so it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> um, but, we just, first of all, we need to thank Chris for being on the program. Absolutely. Chris, thanks for coming. Yeah, Chris, Chris has been around Western North Carolina football for, like, how long? How long now? Since we were, before we were born. No, man. I mean, <laughs> you, just you. Since before Atari. Yeah, I don't even know, Justin. Uh, and I'd have to go back and add it up. I don't. It, it doesn't matter. It's 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 been enjoyable, and um, the people that I've uh, come in contact with, uh, the McLaughlins and the Towers and the Brits and the Greens and 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 uh, man, there's two even at the varsity. The, the you know. The head coaches at Reynolds, you know, Coach Laws and the head coaches. He's only the been there coach. for a hundred years. Yeah, well, well, but he's he's not been there forever, you know. But uh, you know, Coach Laws and everything. I mean, it's just been uh, it's been a tremendous experience, and it, it's a huge part of my family's life. And um, uh, I'm just thankful for it. Chris will never remember this conversation, but I'll never forget. I had graduated from Reynolds. I was married. I was going to the Reynolds games on Friday nights. Chris like, why are you still going to the Reynolds games? Because I love Reynolds. Chris said, that's crazy. Here he is. His kids have graduated for a long time, and he's doing the pod, the uh, live stream with Lewis, with Pat, and I really love that because 
he's still involved in that Reynolds community. And if I had the time, I'd probably still be coaching in the youth league. Yeah, that's the tough part yeah. is the time. So yeah. we want to thank Chris for being here. We want to thank the um, the Bandettes. The Bandettes, man. That's an awesome intro song. Um, we also need to just thank all you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to have another episode coming soon. Uh, we're going to interview Coach Gibson, as we mentioned earlier. So that's coming. We're going to drop that in about a week and a half. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy listening to us interview Coach Gibson from Owen High School. That, and that'll, that'll pretty much wrap up our coach's interview. The episode after Coach Gibson, that's going to be our season preview. Our season preview. We're going to tell we'll do you. Pick them, right? We're going to tell you where we think everyone's going to finish in the MAC. We're going to tell you where we think everyone is going to finish in the Western Highlands. ACR in the MAC. And then we're gonna, then we're gonna, then we're gonna have a you pick 'em for you guys. We're gonna have a Buncombe County you pick 'em. Not exactly sure to do it yet, but we want you guys to get involved, and we want you to send us your picks for Buncombe County schools. And uh, we're gonna put that on our Facebook Facebook page and uh, go from there and kind of see if we can't. Can you outpick the beard? Which I know you can outpick uh, Pat, but Lewis and I will be a little more difficult. Correct. Now wait a minute. I am very astute. Oh come on, Pat. Ugh. Anyway, we want to thank Chris. We want to thank the Bandettes. Uh, Pat, what you got? I got nothing. I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Thanks for your time tonight. And um, we're going to have a great football season coming up. I cannot wait for that. I am so ready for football season. Absolutely. Yeah, don't don't – uh, hey uh, – Join in on the pot on the uh, live stream. Yeah, we need the know? live stream viewers. Yeah, come yeah, on, listen to Reynolds. Stream. Yeah, come on and, and sign up for the live stream there and, and get on. What is it? NFHSS? Something like that. Just keep trying. And listen to me and Pat and call the Reynolds games. We're going to have a blast. Yeah, it's just the home games, but tune in. We like to have fun with it anyway. Or you could listen to WWNC. They do every Reynolds game. Man, WWNC. Really? Really? Hey, WWNC does a great job. They do. They do. Great job. Absolutely. And if you guys are uh, sponsorships, if you're looking to sponsor the uh, Behind the Beard, give us a call, email, Facebook, Messenger. Uh, we'd love to love to talk to you about having the uh, the studio here named after you or the, the show or the segment. Just give us an email or a call. Uh, Michael, rename his firstborn. I will. I will. I'll rename, I'll rename my lastborn if you'd like. <laughs> anyway. Guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, all the listeners, all the feedback. Feel free to email us, text us. We'd love to talk about what you want to hear. And uh, thanks again. Thank you.